This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have a fellow entrepreneur hailing from Brooklyn by way of Connecticut during COVID-19, Brian Von Anken. Welcome to Halo Talks. How you doing, Pete? Thanks for having me. Good. So we've got a lot of friends in common in the Halo sector, a term that we expect you and mandate you to use going forward. <laughs> uh, so um, why don't you uh, you give us your background? I saw you went to Tufts, so I've got a I've got some alumni crew from there as well. My best friend went there. Um, and uh, and then you were at Tough Mudder, which was, uh, you know, I guess one of the showpieces of uh, outdoor activities. So uh, why don't you take us through your background and then we'll talk about what you're up to now. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I, I was a jumbo. Um, grew up in Connecticut, went to school up in Boston, um, played some college football, uh, made my way to New York after graduating, got a law degree. Uh, was one of the first employees at Tough Mudder and helped grow that to what it became and what it is right now. And um, moved on after that and uh, worked for a couple other organizations before I started um, my own company, uh, Anchor. So for for lawyers coming out of uh, law school, um, you know, it's not typical that they go uh, into a uh, sports enthusiast uh, startup company. So what gave you the the guts and glory to, to do that versus, uh, you know, spend three to five years working, uh, you know, 120 hours in a New York law firm. Yeah, that was, uh, that was quite a choice that I made. I had the opportunity to go to some, uh, bigger, like go to a firm, but I was interning for Tough Mudder in my third year of law school and just ended up spending a ton of time working there. Saw their ridiculous trajectory, ended up learning so much just by doing and, Luckily, I was able to work with some fellow attorneys who I knew could mentor me through the processes that I needed so that I could get to where I needed to be. And yeah, I took a chance and I'm, I'm really grateful for it. I love the, the network and the people that, and the experiences I had there. Mm-hmm. So a, a lot of startups, what, what number of employee were you, uh, were you a tough mutter? I mean, we were all in one room. Uh, so I, I would say under 10, there was like 10 of us. I mean, I don't know on the, the aggregate numbers of people leaving and going, but definitely one room. Gotcha. So maybe just, uh, before let, let's spend a little time on tough mutter. So people understand, um, that looking back, it, it sounds like, oh, that was a no brainer, right. You know, set up these events and have all these people come and they're, you know, weekend warriors and, you know, ultimate athletes. And we're going to put them through a maze of safe and unsafe activity. So I'm sure your legal hat was well needed there. I think you're electrified. What, what the fuck was that? You're like, you're like, you're electrified, uh, mud. Electroshock therapy. Yes. My risk tolerance as an attorney is, is pretty high comparatively to some of my colleagues who I went to law school with. <laughs> right. Right. So talk, talk about, you know, the, the early days there and you know, that, that turned into, I don't know where they're at right now, but it's at one point it was like a $50 million EBITDA business. And you know, I'd say it was like a bucket list and turned into like a, a lifestyle for people. Um, yeah. so talk, talk about how that kind of evolved and what some of your learnings were from that. Totally. Totally. Well, I mean, I, I think that what I learned there, I learned so much there, but one of the biggest takeaways is that experience is the new luxury good, right? As opposed to people wanting to, you know, get the nice watch or get the nice house, you know, having an experience like a Tough Mudder was something that was really appealing to a lot of people especially at the time when this was when Facebook was really just starting to 
to get going and people were posting pictures. We were one of the first companies to really take advantage of that and have people post the, themselves doing a Tough mutter and, you know, see it go viral. And um, the company was, was founded by someone who was under 30 and, and ended up hiring a lot of us who were under 30 as well. And, and it was a lot of really smart, motivated, but green people can do a lot. I mean, I, I remember one of our earlier events in the first couple of years, we had 20,000 people out there and the event director was, I think she was 24. And uh, the, the whole team averaged about 26. I was the old one. I was, I was 28. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it was just beautiful to see what, what you're able to do, especially if you have people who are really motivated and care about the mission. And Tough Mudder was all about, you know, it was about toughness, but it was also about teamwork, camaraderie. There were a lot of great, it was a great ethos behind it that allowed the team to really perform highly. When you look at early stage companies, you know, some people, uh, you know, put together like a traditional org chart and then other people just say, look, I just need the best people and whoever can do it is going to get it done. And, you know, there's not really a job description. There's a, you basically get drafted and we're going to put you anywhere we need you on the field. How, you know, from what you were doing there to other structured environments that you've been in, or maybe some of your friends who've been in, you know, different types of jobs, like how do you kind of view, you know, working in an entrepreneurial environment and like the lack of structure and, and, but coming from a legal background, you gotta, you probably, you want some structure so you can actually like manage and like legally control the business, (laughs) I I assume. That's that's your answer. I don't, I don't. No, I, I, I mean, it's, it's a good question. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, I feel like the best way to empower people is to allow them to flow where they're inspired and to where they can be willing to put the most energy and effort behind and feel the most ownership of. And so a fluidity in an org chart is very needed, especially in those early days. And, you know, I found myself doing marketing. I was actually, uh, I was a race director um, at World's Toughest Mudder, where I was just sitting out there um, in the middle of the night, watching people, uh, you know, jump off this like cliff that we created, and I was like, "What did I go to law school for?" <laughs> I was like, "What? What happened here?" But but I was passionate about that project, and it's it's just a matter of, you know, enabling a good group of small people to follow their insights, it, but with obvious limitations and making sure that there's an org chart because if it if you do have not enough structure, as you know, it's just, you're not going to be able to get the trajectory that you want. You're going to be able, you want to have everybody focused on that mission and have that value system, have that kind of culture. And then that allows you to move forward in the same direction, even if it's a little bit more fluid than it would be from a lower rigidity perspective. Gotcha. So, so talking about current events here, you know, and we'll get this podcast out pretty quickly to our network that are all dealing with the closures and the COVID-19 and everyone is trying to, you know, make sure that their clubs are going to be clean, you know, follow the guidelines of, you know, temperature checks and masks, you know, with your lawyer hat on, if you, if you owned a club chain right now, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be sleeping much. And I would also be concerned about, you know, what is my waiver and, you know, is there an I agree statement? that can really protect me from come, somebody coming back and saying, Hey, I got, you know, I picked this up at your club and I'm, you know, I'm suing your club. You know, it's almost like uh, you know, a pool where there's no lifeguard, you know, like swim at your own risk. So, you know, maybe give our audience a little bit of your 
your free legal <laughs> advice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I was here to talk about Anchor, but... Uh, yeah, you, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that when to, I want to. You're here to get some free legal. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's a great... It's a good question. And obviously, like, in these, in these pretty difficult times, um, you want to be proactive about anything like that. And, um, you know, I know that at, at Tough Mudder, we, we dealt with a lot of things like that. You know, people went to these events and there was always a risk that, um, you know, you could get you know, some sort of disease in the water or something like that. You know, we, we dealt with obviously not to the scale, but with anything like that, you just want to make sure that people feel informed and there's informed consent going in. And then it's a combination of, you know, not just shoving it in the waiver though. I, I've never been of the mindset where you just put something in the waiver and then you're protected. You really got to be open and transparent about that, have signage, make sure your team is prepped in it. And, and like that combination is your best bet to like minimize your risk on that. Got it. So, so you spend time in Tough Mudder. You take us to the uh, to the next stop on your uh, on your journey before Anchor. Yeah. So I, I guess just quickly to go back, um, the way that I like to think about my past is um, I, I lived what I call the should life. And so when I was growing up, I kind of you know did what was expected of me. I got good grades. Uh, I was the all American kid. I played football. You know I was friends with everybody. And I, I kind of was excelling because I was told to, right, get into the best school you can. And, and I, I think a lot of us, you know, had that. And, and I kind of continued that on, you know, going into law school, getting a good job at start at Tough Mudder, and, and just kind of like going up that, that should life on that path. And um, I, what ended up happening is uh, I, I got married and um, we, uh, we experienced, um, a bunch of mis uh, a couple of miscarriages and this was something that was really unexpected and I, I, uh, I, had, the, I had the same recently so yeah it's it's and it's something that nobody yeah, talks yeah. about and and that that ended up leading to you know a, a divorce and and it just kind of put me in this headspace of like oh my gosh this doesn't fit into my you know I, i'm yeah, so your perfect life is should not life and so uh, i ended up kind of taking a moment and, uh, not knowing what to do. I, I lost myself in fitness. I just like got really strong. Cause I, I, you know, that's the only way I was taught how to take care of myself. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. just, just tough it out. And I, I had friends who would take a bullet for me, but I didn't know how to tell them that I wasn't okay. Like I wasn't allowed to say that. And so what ended up happening is I, I left Tough Mudder and I, I went traveling for a while and just kind of took some time to try to you know, understand a little bit more of what I wanted as opposed to what was expected of me. And that led to, um, a lot of, uh, you know, I went to a yoga retreat. I did a silent retreat. I did some men's work and I, um, just traveled a lot and uh, did some surfing, like the typical divorce guy thing. And what I ended up coming up with is, is just, I realized how ill prepared I was to handle life, which is just sometimes hard and how I felt really inspired to create something that, could help people take care of their wellness beyond just the physical aspect. And so what that has led to is me creating Anchor, which I can tell you about now. Or Yeah, I'll tell you, yeah we'll talk about it in a second. But just, just on the point of, uh, you know, one of my buddies always tells me, you know, uh, you know, everybody on Facebook or wherever else, you know, they got their highlight reel. You yeah. know, and, and that's not a real, it's not a real reel. Um, and I feel like there's, uh, you know, this, uh, desire for everyone to say, you know what, I'm like, my life's perfect. You know, you can come to me and I'm in the same position you were, you were in back then of like, if somebody had a problem, they come to me. 
So if they come to me and I'm at like the top of that, you know, pyramid, then how can I take myself lower in the pyramid and then go and show people that I need help because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get off of my, my mantle where I was the guy you, I was the go-to guy. The go-to guy can't go downstream. The go-to guy's got to stay upstream. And I, I felt like I needed to go through a lot to be able to like raise my hand and tell people like, yeah, you know what? I'm not okay. And there were times when I used to, when I was first starting up Integrity Square and before that one had a software company over in, over September 11th, and I wouldn't go out because I didn't want to have to fucking lie to people. And they yeah. say, hey man, how's that going? You know, you crushing mm-hmm. it? And I was like, you know what, dude? I'm not going to go out anymore and tell people I'm crushing it or like try to avoid the conversation. So yeah. I just like, I just, I just unplugged for a period of time. I'd stay in my apartment because everything in my apartment I was able to control and everything outside yeah. I couldn't fucking control. And I was like, it took me a while to be like, you know what? I'm human. And like, yeah. you know, like my batting average, nobody bats a thousand, you know? And if you bat 300 and you, 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 you're out seven out of 10 times and you're in the hall of fame, you know? So exactly. And, and I, I think what's, I've had, dude, I I felt exactly the same way. And I think that one of the things that's been so interesting to me as I experiment with telling people that I'm not okay is how powerful that is and how that ends up, you feel more connected to somebody when they put put you behind the curtain and you Mm -hmm. see it because you're human. and, And like, there's this thing that makes you feel way more connected to somebody if they're like, you know what, man, like, I, I'm not, I don't know my shit or it's like, I'm not crushing it right now. And I think people are so used to seeing the manicured version of people. It's like, you know, copy, copy, copy. And when they reel something real, you're like, Oh yes, I actually feel more connected to that. And I actually put you higher on that pedestal. It's, it's, right. you wouldn't think it's counterintuitive, mm-hmm. but, but that's been my experience. Yeah. Sometimes we'll go through with some of the groups that we work with or investments that we made. And we're talking to the entrepreneurs and I've been there. So it's, I'm not, you know, I mean, I come from a completely different place. I don't ask somebody about like, you know, how'd you do on your budget? I, I say like, how, how are you, you know, how, how are you doing? Yeah. You know, and, and you're like, you know, how's your brain working? You know, how can I help you type yeah. of thing, you know? All right. So let's get, let's, uh, let's go to where you are today. Cause it sounds like you're in a good place and you got a, uh, uh, a company here that you're excited about. So why don't you educate us on, on what you're doing and you know, what the, frustration in I always think a business is a you know you're solving a frustration and maybe it's a personal frustration and you feel like other people have it and that you know constitutes a company and most of the companies that we've invested in and that we work with it's a personal frustration it's not oh I saw an opportunity to you know do this type of you know workout and you know so I built the company like that's not a good reason like you got to have there's got to be a DNA to it well, it's not going to work. Oh my God. Yeah, man. This me is up. like, this is ingrained in my, in my soul. <laughs> like I just, I, I feel meant to do this. Uh, essentially the pain is that I feel like the science is out that there is more to health than just the physical side of it. Right. We all know that if we go to the gym, we will get stronger, but we know that to be a whole human, it's more than just eating well and working out. And so the problem that I see, though, is that a lot of us don't know how to take care of the other aspects of ourselves, and we also don't have the time to do it, right? It's so hard to find time to take care of yourself at all, 
with everything that's going on. And so what I felt really motivated to create is like an hour long workout experience that I say checks all the boxes of total health. And what I, what I mean when I say total health is there's four things there's physical. I mean, cause you need the physical, you got to work out, you need the mental side of it. I mean, it's just, we know that being able to feel like you have mental wellness at this point, that's not something that's reserved for gurus. That's something that CEOs do. A lot of very successful people have, you know, are on top of their mental game. There's the emotional side of it, which for me was totally inaccessible growing up. I wasn't able to feel, you know, like one emotion I was able to feel is anger or excitement when I'm watching the Jets. That was it. And, uh, and then you know, the, <laughs> sorry, I mean, sorry for me, but, uh, and then the, fi- the final is just social. I think that what we, one thing that we don't really know a lot about is that interacting with someone else, like just talking with someone else in an authentic way is a form of like healing or like it, there's wellness there. And so how do we incorporate? And so what I did is I created an hour long, it's a mindful social workout. And so it's a workout where you're going to be doing traditional hit style exercises, but throughout, we're also going to be connecting with other people in the class. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to a group fitness class and it's like, you never talk to anybody. There's no real interaction. It's just kind of like you happen to be next to other people. And so that's something that could be intimidating for people, but I think I do it in a really accessible way. And in addition to that, we, we have bits of like intentional breathing, some relaxation at the end. And the whole goal is to kind of turn the experience into something that you feel like afterwards, like, okay, I've, I've checked all the boxes of total health. And now I feel like I'm, I'm ready to, you know, take on my day or whatever you're going to do next. So, so I went to the website. So you got an online component or is this also done, you know, in a physical location? Yeah. So we did this in person, uh, to start and, you know, with everything that's going on, we're now totally online. Uh, we've got classes pretty much every day. And, uh, what's really great about this. I mean, you know how it is in business. It's like you kind of adapt to what's going on, but then there becomes these great benefits. Like I end up having workout classes with somebody from Japan, somebody from England, somebody from all around the world. And, and what's nice is this class, you end up connecting with other people. So you end up actually talking to somebody in a different country who might be having a really similar experience to you and ends up being mm-hmm. really, um, a unique experience to have, which I think has been really cool. So, you know, you've been on a rocket ship ride with, with tough mutter. Um, now you're doing, you know, your own entrepreneurial. I mean, uh, over the last, you know, I've been on a plane in like seven weeks and I basically, you know, lived on an airplane. I'll get up at like four o'clock in the morning, go to Newark or LaGuardia, you know, hope I get three seats and coke so I can like, sleep and then get up, check my, you know, iPhone. And I mean, I was running 120 miles an hour for like 20 years. And I feel like the last eight weeks I can actually like breathe. Mm-hmm. And and I was, I was just, uh, I just been immersing myself back in some music and just like starting to listen to the lyrics and just like just love it down. So I, I feel like the next, I feel like we're at halftime right now and I've got like a, like a 45 or 60 day halftime. And I'm really obviously it's terrible what's going on, but I, I kind of think I needed this to just like chill me out and like call some people and be like, I called a buddy of mine this morning who helped me out in some of these tough times, you know, with some, whether it was a loan for a company or whether it was like, I just wasn't in a good place. And, you know, like I was able to call him up and I just called him up this morning because I had time and I was thinking about it instead of like thinking about it and then not doing anything about it. I pick up the phone. I said, Hey, Brett, I just want to let you know, the only reason why I'm calling you is to let you know I appreciate you. And he's like, man, thanks. I appreciate you too. And then we hung up the phone. 
<laughs> like it was literally 45 seconds and it was, and I wanted, he needed to know and I wanted yeah. him to know it because I don't know if that got lost in, in the mix, you know? Totally. So, so I guess my question to you, it was a question. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I'm going to get to it. Like if, when you say, look, I got guys in, in Japan, I got people in New York, I got people I've never interacted with. I have no idea how they got to your site, you know, how they got to your workout, but you know that you're, you're helping them. And that's like, that's defined success in and of itself because you're helping a stranger, right? So how do you think about when somebody says to you now, like, how's it going? You know, what are your metrics? How many people are in the class? Like, how do you kind of like buffer that with like, bro, it's not all about that really, (laughs) you know? And like, I'm not here to show you like a bar chart of my revenue or my users. Like, how do you, you seem like at ease with like, hey, I'm building this. I'm going to build it the way I want to. And it's not about like me going, putting together like an investor presentation. So give us like, people need to start thinking about this. And I'm yeah. like on the cusp of that. So I, talk I to us about that. how you define it. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, it's, uh, it's very difficult not to have that lens in New York City, right? Everybody's all about metrics and how are you going to scale and how are you going to do your next raise and you know, from my perspective, you know, I don't know about you, but I feel pretty powerless during this whole thing. And I, and I mm-hmm. thought to myself, I said, okay, what can I do to help or what can I do? And, and all the anchor classes I'm offering right now are free or they're donation based because I feel like this is my service. Like this is my way to help people to take that moment to reflect and think about their total health. Right. And one of the coolest parts about the class is that each class ends with something called a 1% stretch. And a 1% stretch is this like something that's a little bit outside of your comfort zone that what you want to bring more of into your life that you commit to by telling the whole class. And I'll actually follow up with each person. I'll say, how'd that go? And, and I think a good example that a lot of people would say is something like you just said, like, you know, I really want to call an old buddy that I haven't said. And, and what I like is putting that in my calendar every week so that I, I, first of all, I can be held accountable to it, but also I just give myself the mental headspace to reflect and think about one or two things that I want to bring more of in my life. And so mm-hmm. the way that I measure the success of it right now, because that's all I can really do, is how many people I can get to come to the class and also just how many people start to integrate this into their lives so that there's more of a, you know, accountability to themselves to do the things that they want to do. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I was actually going online last night and trying to figure out like how I'm going to make masks, you know, and like, and then I was yeah. like, then I woke up this morning. I'm like, you know what? I can affect more people by giving them the best advice and knowledge I can about opening up their clubs and their studios. And if I can give somebody one nugget of information that gives them more confidence in opening, they got an average of five to 10,000 members. Like that's my service. Like I shouldn't be making masks. I, if they need me to, I'll make them. You know what I mean? But like, that's my spot. And that's like totally. your, spot, that's your lane right now. Well, and it's like what you said, I think what you alluded to before, where it's like, if you're going to start a business, I feel like you really want to start something where yeah, it's in your zone of genius or, you know, it's something that you're just built for. Like, I feel like I am built for anchor. I feel like I have this very unique background of college football, tough mutter, traditional, like masculine background, but also I've just done a lot of work when it comes to the more 
what I'll call like mindfulness or just emotional intelligence side of it. And I feel like I can be a translator and I can just come to people and talk to them. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's really intentional that like what I'm saying is not, I'm not trying to be woo woo or anything like that. I just want it to be science-based and I want to give people permission to just take responsibility and accountability for their own general well-being. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, yeah. it's not, not trying to be anything other than that. Yeah. I mean, but, but what you're doing and what millions of other, you know, whether it's personal trainers or coaches, you know, like the, a lot of the problem with this virus is people that have immune deficiencies. Granted, part of that's genetic, but most of it's lifestyle. Okay. I think I had the virus already and I just conquered it because I'm in good shape and I got my shit together and like bring it on and I'm, it's got, it's going to flow right through whether I'm, whether I know that or not is, is irrelevant because I think it, mm-hmm. and, you know, so, you know, everything that we're doing in this industry, you know, whether it's fighting obesity and fighting loneliness, like those are the two things that Dave and I are, you know, that's like our mission. Like if I can get people off the couch and get them in the gym, then they're not part of the healthcare problem. And that's like, that's, that's our mission. So before we leave here, I got to ask you, because a few days ago when I had the NFL draft, <laughs> go pivot back to football before we get out of this, you know, this is the, this is like the 25th year that I'm undrafted. I joke around, but I sit there with my wide receiver gloves. My mom didn't let me play football. So I had to play soccer, oh, I played okay. goalie. but I, uh, but I actually like, I went against the wall and I figured out what my wingspan was because I was like, I had to get my stats together. I got a 76 inch wingspan and I'm looking, I'm like, dude, I know I could have played even at 48. Like I'm just ready to get drafted. Nice. So, so, you know, your, your background seems ideal for, for what you're doing. I appreciate you being on here. We always leave with a quote. So yeah. you got a quote that you want to uh, throw out here. We're like, we're like quote collectors. Yeah, I'd love to share one. Just quickly, what you said about like accessibility, I just want to be clear, like this workout is for anybody. Like the cool thing about this workout is it's time-based and it's body weight. So you really don't need anything. And you don't, you know, the person who's in great shape will get gassed and the person who's maybe not in great shape will get gassed. And so that's what I feel like is also unique about it. But yeah, I got a quote for you. This is, this is something by, um, James Clear, I don't know if you're familiar with him, New York Times bestselling author. He wrote uh, Atomic Habits, which is a great book about habit formation. He says, the difference between a good day and a bad day are a few productive and healthy choices made at decisive moments. Hmm. I like it. it. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a decisive moment for both of us. (laughs) So I'm glad I had the opportunity to meet you here online. I hope we meet in person. Please use me and the square as a sounding board or trampoline for your business. And, uh, and I'll ping you after I do my first uh, anchor workout and crush my own body weight. Yeah, no, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on. This is so great. I enjoyed the chat. And um, yeah, thanks again. All right, buddy. All right, stay safe. Good to see you. Thanks for your efforts. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. All right, bro. Bye. Take care. This is Pete Moore. As you know, I am a big believer in personal development. I got a time-saving opportunity here for you, recommending Dan Millman's Four Purposes of Life. Go to audible.com forward slash Halo Talks. You want to register there, get a free audio book. It's $14.95 a month thereafter, giving you things that I do to make myself better and hopefully it makes you better. Go Halo. 
Let's play to win.